0: You're listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by AccessU, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Hey, let's do something big. I'm your host, Rachel Schneider. Welcome to the Access Success Podcast, where we highlight important topics focused on education in every form it takes. Today's episode was inspired by a conference I recently attended at Howard University in Washington, D.C. The conference was all about diversity in higher ed media, and this was a super informative event that gathered higher ed PR and marketing professionals from all over the country and brought us face to face with national reporters. This included reporters from the Chronicle of Higher Education, including Oyan Adedoyin, who wrote a piece the following week titled... What Happened to Black Enrollment? The findings in the article identified how diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives may be the key to keeping more students of color in school. Today's guest is Ann Tasby, Certified Public Accountant. She is the Director of the Office of Inclusive Excellence and an accounting faculty member at Texas Christian University's Neely School of Business. I'm very happy to have connected with her at this conference, and it's my pleasure to have her on the podcast today to hear her thoughts on the article enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Anne. I wanted to thank you again for being with us today. And go ahead and just tell us a little bit about your why and how you got to where you are today in your line of work at TCU.
1: Well, thank you, Rachel. It's so great to be with you today. Uh, My why is because I'm involved in this work specifically because I want to make a generational difference in the lives of our students. And in terms of how I even came to this work, I've been involved in inclusive excellence for my entire career, which um, I had a bit of a, a winding path to academia. I actually came through, uh, came to TCU with over 25 years of corporate experience, corporate and consulting experience. And so throughout that entire experience in finance, accounting, enterprise risk management, the vein that flowed throughout all of that was my involvement in diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Um, across both both uh, locally as well as nationally, with the organizations that I worked with, and so it was quite timely when I um, when I was on the accounting fac- faculty and ACTS to participate in the inclusive excellence committee, and then ultimately to act as the founding director of the office.
0: And how has your experience and background in finance and management also helped you now in this role?
1: I. I Wonderful question. And it's it's because I know the value of understanding the story that the numbers tell. So when we start to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, I always bring a ROI or return on investment lens um, to that discussion and really a business perspective on, um, on diversity, equity, and inclusion as well.
0: And so what were your reactions to this article in the Chronicle of Higher Education? What stuck out to you about some of the topics that it mentioned regarding um, Black enrollment and just how the article described that after almost 50 years of Black student enrollment rates rising, the U.S. is now seeing this big drop? Yeah, that's
1: what stuck out to me in the article as, as a person with an accounting background, was this return on investment that parents are looking for and payback time uh, for the amount that they're spending on higher education. And so to me, that made a lot of sense because clearly you want to make sure that there's return on investment. And if if you're not seeing that, then um, then there's a question about whether or not you should make the investment.
0: And I know that this article is mostly talking about undergrad enrollment too, but I'm glad that you brought up that return on investment because we actually just did an episode about graduate school in itself and about how a lot of different colleges are seeing a drop in people enrolling in graduate studies because they found that the ROI is not the same all across the board. It really depends on the field that you're going into.
1: Absolutely. And I think that that's where it's important that um that people have access to to great data across uh, the industries and companies that they actually want to work for and so I encourage and give students access to company specific information and that's where our strategic partnership with various companies come in comes in because we we give our parent we give our students that access so that they can do the research and say hmm okay overall that might be a story that people can tell but is that applicable to what what I really want to go into. And is this higher education investment really going to pay back for me and what I want to do?
0: So going to that enrollment question, then what strategies should colleges be implementing now to increase enrollment and then also retain students of color?
1: Well, I think that the that it certainly starts with understanding what Students need and really thinking about students throughout the the that entire pipeline. Looking at how can we how can we creatively recruit the students so that we even so that we can even um, help them to understand the value of a college education so that step one they're interested in even pursuing college at all, and then making sure that the institution that we're recruiting for um has a has has a, a financial pipeline for these students to be able to come to the university and then once at the university thinking about how are we going to support students once they once they are actually on campus. And then how are we going to help them to matriculate through the through the university successfully to then land a compelling role in industry where they want to work and uh, do that at a at a very competitive rate of pay. And so they need to see that and we need to have engagement. So I think that that the the way to get that done is a collaborative approach that includes both all the stakeholders. So from the parents to the students to the faculty, the staff, the industry leaders, having that that partnership working is going to be critically important.
0: And how have your strategies evolved then to meet this need and what types of things are you guys doing at TCU um, in your office as you're seeing, you know, these, these issues occur across campuses across the country? How have you guys been able to implement new strategies?
1: And so what we've done is we've deliberately created this working relationship among all of our stakeholders to one, hone in on recruitment. And so one of the one of the successful initiatives that we have launched is this idea of summer bridge programs where we invite students to come to campus and get to know us and our corporate stakeholders um, as part of this, this summer bridge experience where they, they have an opportunity to stay on campus and demystify the whole college life experience. And I think that once the students are on campus, and they see this gorgeous campus, they see these engaged faculty, they see the industry leaders that are there to support them, they are exposed to the student organizations where they can find their people, as it were, and find a place to belong. I think that that, that, that uh, preview of what to expect has really increased. The interest in not just going to college, but also coming to TCU. So that's what we're doing from a creative from a creative approach to recruitment standpoint. In terms of uh, retention and really giving students a place to belong, what we've done is we have doubled down on our support of our student organizations and, in to, and to help increase awareness of student organizations that would provide that, uh, that place to belong for students and, and that support system. Because in, a, in an institution like a TCU, students are, are hungry to connect with other students they feel like they can relate to. And we believe that student orders is a great way to do that. And then finally, um, another uh, my last little tidbit of what we're doing that I'm super excited about is this whole idea of equipping all of our students. So not just our not just gearing our efforts towards our diverse students, but really more collaborative, collective education to increase cultural competence across all of our constituents. So not just for our students, for all students, um, also for our faculty and staff, creating learning and development opportunities across all of our stakeholder groups in this area. And what that does is that creates a more culturally competent population that we're now making available to our industry partners that want to hire our students.
0: And what does cultural competence mean in that context too when you guys are bringing people together and making sure that they're aware of the environment that you want students and faculty and just your community to have at TCU? Sure.
1: I mean, when you when you think about cultural competence, we're talking about really uh, back to the numbers. I have to talk the numbers, right? So the, the ROI of diversity, equity, and inclusion to help drive more compelling outcomes, both in business as well as in the student experience. And so if we're all kind of geared towards creating these inclusive spaces where students feel like they belong, where we're, the way that we even approach how we execute a class, uh, making sure that that's an inclusive education kind of approach to the classes. Co-curricular activities, one that I'm super excited about. We have this Against All Odds Stories of, of Grit and Determination Speaker Series, where we're showcasing diverse executives that have done incredible things in their career, but was the was the path easy? No. And so we want to hear about their strategies for navigating that. That benefits all of our stakeholders because all of our students need to see those types of leaders um, talking about their stories and how they've navigated their careers. And so that's another type of um, educational opportunity that's not just talking about concepts, but really bringing those concepts to life around how those play out to build successful careers.
0: And it sounds like more of these IRL opportunities, I mean, we spent so much of the previous years online, and now the students that are going to be incoming freshmen in colleges are so much more used to seeing people in front of a screen, but if they could be with people in person, and like you said, find their place where they can belong, um, that sounds like such a huge, huge asset. And I know from my college experience, that was extremely helpful just to be around, You, you find your people.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, what I loved about when I joined TCU as a new faculty member was, was the way that faculty members at TCU went out of their way to reach out to me and make me feel welcome. And, and and now it happens naturally, but how about if we create a process that makes it systematic? So what we're looking at is is systematically uh, making changes to how we do business every day to incorporate inclusive excellence aspects. And so I think that that's the way you create sustainable cultural change, and that's what we're doing.
0: Well, just over the course of your career, also, and I know you mentioned that you were working as a consultant for businesses then before you were at TCU. Um, so how have you seen how uh, DEIB initiatives have helped or hurt a business or a campus when they maybe don't have those initiatives present.
1: Well, I think that, that what we've seen, as you said uh from the article, is that we've seen where uh the from a cultural standpoint it kind of suffers. And then what happens is you have high turnover. High turnover costs money. Again, we're right back at ROI, right? <laughs> Higher turnover costs money. We have seen studies that have shown that 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 organizations that have diverse um d- that have a more diverse Population, They tend to come up with more creative solutions. They're more profitable, so on. So the research is there um, that supports uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging initiatives. Um, and so I think we've seen that play out in organizations that haven't made it a priority.
0: Do you think that specifically for um, Black enrollment, that it was affected by the pandemic? I mean, just to see such a drop, I, I think it was, it fell nearly 17% on at least 500 campuses. It dropped more than half, um, just Black enrollment specifically across the board. How do you think that that was, that um, people of color were disproportionately affected too by maybe not just COVID, but several um several types of incidents we've seen over the past couple of years that have led to a drop in enrollment?
1: Sure. I mean, I think that absolutely COVID disproportionately impacted um, Black families uh, across the nation and across the world. I mean, really, everybody was impacted by COVID. But I think this whole idea of now going to an environment where you're really relying upon your technology to be able to engage And if you're in an environment where your technology, you don't have access to the level of technology that your peers have, there's that equity issue, right? So now we're talking about equity. And the question is whether or not institutions put in place initiatives that help to kind of bridge that gap. In access to access to technology and engagement. I mean, what we found in COVID is that the things that used to happen naturally in terms of finding your people and just kind of seeing people in the hall and making those, you know, stopping by people's offices, all of that had to stop. And there, it became more of a structured, um, more of a structured, deliberate um, effort that was taken to connect. And so, um, so I think that yeah, that disproportionately impacted people of color.
0: And so it's not just about getting people face to face again or allowing more equitable experiences where people can find and meet people um, so that they find a sense of belonging at their university. But it also sounds like there does need to be equitable resources across the board, whether that be laptops, technology, Wi-Fi, so that when people are enrolling in school, they have a place where they can get their work done and they have those resources available to succeed.
1: Sure. I mean, there's a drastic difference between um, the need to be in a, like to go to a library to get all of your work done to get free access to computers, versus being able to access your your uh, technology and your uh, your work that's on your device. 24-7. 24/7. I mean, it's it's a big difference. I mean, and so so I think it's very important that we look at the equity gap in terms of access to resources, like again, like you said, computers, but also things as simple, believe it or not, things as simple as business attire. One of the one of the things I'm really proud about is the fact that we launched a program called suit up lead on which was born out of feedback directly from our students and so what we put in place is we put in place a student advisory board and so that's a volunteer group of students that said hey i'm i'm willing to speak truth to power and we said okay we want to hear it and so one of the things that we heard from them is that this whole this whole idea of to participate effectively in business school you have to have this fancy business attire because people are are going to judge you based on what you look like. And that's just the bottom line truth. And so, but but there, but again, there may not be resources available to those students to make the incremental spend for, student, for business attire. So we put a program in place, thanks to the generosity of our uh, board of advisors, we put a program in place to um, provide need-based access to a new business attire that is fitted properly to their bodies, <laughs> which is important. Um, so the students, when they look their best, they're able to feel better and they're able to engage now on a level playing field with others that may have access to that may have that access, you know, ordinarily. So, so that's one of the things that's been really um, beneficial to our students. That was something that we were able to implement based on student feedback.
0: Well, congrats and, and I mean, kudos, that sounds, I mean, I know when you're wearing something that makes you feel confident, it can change you know your whole experience in a meeting or when you go to an interview and you're trying to get a job. So that's awesome to hear. And we are the Access Success Podcast. So I know that that is a win in itself. Would you care to share a success, a success story of yours or from your college if you know a, a student that you may have recently spoke with or another experience you guys have had that you would like to share?
1: Sure. I mean, we one of the key um, one of the key areas that we wanted to address was access to our premier program. So at TCU and our in our Neely School of Business, we have some really great uh, premier programs that give students access to employers early, as well as meaningful trips, study abroad, things of that sort. And we've been able to increase not just awareness but participation in those premier programs by deliberately engaging with our diverse students and so we've increased enrollment in those programs significantly over the last over the last couple years that we've had our office in place and and we've engaged our students to help in this in this movement to 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 make more to provide more equitable access to all of these premier things that we have available
0: And what's been the reaction from students that you've been able to see past that? I know that you said you guys have a committee where they're able to speak to power and tell you guys what they want, but after seeing that gold come to fruition, what was some of the feedback you guys were getting?
1: It's amazing because it went from this perspective of, oh, you know, you're just like everybody else that say that they are interested in inclusive excellence. You say you have a commitment, but then but then, you know, there's no results to back it up. And so I think that there was a tremendous increase in belief that we are serious and that their voices matter and that we're willing to create, to to actually execute on the feedback that they provide for us. And so that's been great. And I've been able to see our students that came in and spoke to that that initial focus group. I've now seen them graduate get incredible offers from our top employers, and then some of them are now engaged in our in our premier uh, graduate program. And so it's just been exciting to walk alongside these students and actually see the results in their lives. So that generational impact that I want to have, I'm seeing that play out in their lives day to day. So it's just amazing.
0: Oh, and I'm so happy to hear all of that. Is there anything else you wanted to mention or takeaways for other colleges or other people who work in, you know, their local inclusive excellence offices, if they're starting to open up more of those at different schools, what advice would you have for them when it comes to starting up and creating that environment if we see a lot more colleges and institutions are creating these from the ground up?
1: Well, I would I would say don't reinvent the wheel. I mean, one of the things that I did uh, at the very beginning was some was again for my corporate for my consulting background. Step one was benchmarking. Why do we need create the will? But then another piece is plugging into organizations that, um, that provide you with access to resources, like NADAHE, like um, we, we, I'm literally one of the founding board members for the business school DEI collaborative. We literally just launched that. And, and the whole idea is to bring leaders across business schools nationally together so that we are partners in this work. And we want to, and, and so that we can demystify how to get how to be effective in this space and to and to prevent people from um, from starting and stopping and having these false starts, but to really just be able to thrive. And so plugging in to those uh, different opportunities is is what I would encourage people to do. And just know that they're they're not alone. This work is not easy, but there are people all across the country engaged in it. And together we can, um, again, make a generational difference.
0: Anne, thanks so much for sharing your expertise and your insights with us. We really appreciate it. And it was great to see you again.
1: Great to see you, Rachel. Thank you so much for the chance to, to pop in and share some thoughts.
0: Absolutely. And if people want to find out more information about TCU, where can they find you guys?
1: TCU.edu and Neely School of Business. <laughs> thanks, Ann. All right. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Access Success Podcast, produced by AccessU, a division of Access Advertising and Public Relations. Find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up with what the world of education needs to hear at AccessU Agency and connect with us at accessu.com. Let's do something big.